0: Hi, I'm Iman, and I'm Kurt, and this is Rebranding Mental Health. Today, our topic is accessibility, and we certainly could go off on many, many different roads in future topics and in past top topics, because it's all Connected accessibility. So what do I mean by that? In order to address disparities, particularly in mental health uh, resource accessibility, we have to talk about accessibility. We have to make resources available. And in certain populations, certain neighborhoods, certain communities, that does not exist. Even in schools, And that's troubling. If we don't have equal access, how do we address some of the issues that we already have, particularly in the city that I'm from, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is rated as the second most segregated city in the U.S.? And that's troubling. I can say I have a love, strong dislike sometimes for for my city because of that statistic. There is an example of, that's not even funny because I have the luxury of being able to say thank you and goodnight because I have lived in communities that have resources available. Yet I also came from a family and a generation that those resources were stigmatized. So I did not have access to those resources, at least not in a way that I knew I could until I was in my 20s. And I definitely could have used some tools. My teen years were tough. They were tough. And so there is no blame there. I don't point finger, you know, but uh, but I think that this is just, what i'm talking about when it comes to accessibility sometimes there are no resources available or there's no education about the resources or there's just no there's nothing and 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 i think that that is an area that is important in in talking about addressing and then finding some solutions
1: absolutely one of the things that we sometimes talk about in terms of um accessibility to things is food. Mm. And I believe the term, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the term is food desert. Does that ring a bell to Mm. you? Where uh, it's a term that references how far you have to go from your home to be able to get access to fresh, healthy food. So in some communities, there really is no local grocery store. There is no way to go buy some fresh, healthy food you may be using a gas station or kind of something kind of like mm. that to get quick access to food and so sometimes you'll hear people talk about food deserts and how that affects accessibility to to having a healthy lifestyle and i think we can apply that same concept to mental health is there such a thing as a mental health access desert mm. are there communities where you really don't have access to the tools that you need to to cultivate mental health awareness or, or growth.
0: That's a really interesting term. It's not one that I'm familiar with, so thank you for introducing and educating me on that piece of it. Gosh, there's so many places we can go with that food desert concept because in a um, society that has systemic racism those issues have contributed to the way people grow up and the foods that they incorporated in their diet and i remember a friend of mine african-american friend who grew up in milwaukee and said he was i i want to say in his 20s maybe um maybe even older before he even knew what an asparagus was wow and Oh, that made me sad. I, I don't think I ate asparagus much when I was young either, but I do know the first time that I had it that it was considered a treat because you didn't see it a lot and it was more on the expensive side for a vegetable. Right. Not like celery or something like that. Mm-hmm. But all of the nutritional benefits. So y- nutrition, mental health, tied together. If you don't have proper nutrition... If you're eating a lot of processed foods or fried foods, the list goes on. Like it affects your mental clarity, your ability to focus, concentrate, regulate emotions. It's all, it's all tied together. So this, you know, accessibility to resources, there's so many different areas to address when it comes to that, but it's, it's important.
1: There's a lot of layers yeah. to that issue. Are we talking about? Food? Are we talking about shelter? Are we talking about mental health? Uh, there's just so many you, you can't even count them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> True. And and when we talk about rebranding mental health, we talk about providing a different kind of education when it comes to mental health, which is an education that emphasizes nutrition, emphasizes um, exercise, emphasizes. That, that term spirit that you may not be allowed to say will will incorporate meditation in that uh, self-reflection you know those kinds of things and all of those in general either haven't been taught well they definitely haven't been taught in one spot and uh, or or one you know under one curriculum so to speak or one class but some of them haven't been taught at all and and not as a you know, after a crisis, now we're going to address certain things. You know, we're going to address um, cigarette smoking. You die from it now, so so now we'll, let's incorporate that into our education. Or, you know, and, and some of this obviously is based on research. And as time goes on, we we identify, ooh, that's not good for you. That's not good for you. But in general, like mental health has not been. Taught from a total health perspective, and that and it just needs to be, it needs to be, and and it needs to be taught in all schools, in all communities. It needs to be provided um, in all organizations. This isn't just, hey, we're gonna have a one-off mindfulness day, or you know, we're gonna we're gonna have like. Um, an in-service for our teachers on how to deal with trauma and trauma-informed care. And and then there's no applied knowledge. There's no application for it. Sustainable follow-up, repetition, consistency over time, which builds habits and learning.
1: And that's one of the biggest challenges, I think, with rebranding mental health, is how do you transition from what sometimes is kind of used as like a flavor of the day
0: mm, yeah.
1: From, from a buzzword. How do you go from some of these things being buzzwords into being something that carries a lot of meaning, something that is habitual?
0: Yes. You know, that goes into um, another topic we're going to be covering, which is values. It, it needs to be, I, I refer to it as a ground-up approach, like from... You know, you think about an organization. It has a mission statement. It has policies that support that mission statement. It has components in in all, you know, areas of its organization that reflect its mission statement. That's what this needs to be. Go into, you know, education. It doesn't just need to be health education. Like, it needs to be incorporated throughout the entire um, body you know, of, of, of community, of education, of organization, so that it's, it, you're, you're practicing it all the time. You don't just have a mindful moment in the morning when the announcement is made to set your intention for the day. It is incorporated into your daily practice, your daily routine, the way that your teachers address the students and, and redirect them and, provide education it's you know mindfulness is one application or one practice right but it's rooted in this in this new way of educating and rebranding of mental health
1: so you make an excellent point you're you're not just teaching these concepts as their own subject matter you it also changes how you affect these other topics how how you talk about these other issues that come up Mental health has to be woven in to the fabric of some of those other
0: discussions. Exactly, because it's a, it's all a part of it. You know, it's, it's just all a part of it, but how it's been presented thus far is not. And I feel it makes it more accessible. The opportunity to learn about it is more accessible. That's why... I have done a lot of workshops and classes in the area of music. I I am a singer-performer. I I love it. And music is like air for me. I I need it. I've learned a lot about myself, a lot about just emotions through music. Mm -hmm. When I didn't have access to resources, I think music really helped me understand myself and what I was feeling. It didn't always give me tools to be able to practice, you know, things that that would maybe help me shift out of my overthinking mode. But again, at least it it provided something, and the arts do that. The the Absolutely. art I I used um, the reference art as tools, and so this is another aspect of the rebranding of of ta- of using more unconventional methods, right? Convention, unconventional in the sense of like that that's not how we would normally think of it. But using all of these things to teach these concepts, that's thats key, you know?
1: Absolutely. And I think you speak to a really good point. Our which timer's
0: going our off. Our timers are going off. Sorry. <laughs> but guess what? We're not going to mind that alarm because it's irrelevant. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: Um, it's a I, terrible sound, too. <laughs> 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 it, when that alarm goes off on my phone, it's usually because, I, you know, something, some kind of technology uh, dysfunction happened because that sound will not ever be on my phone. Mm. I I feel I need something a little bit less jarring.
1: Sure, yeah. Yeah, It's it, it almost, it like kind of the association gets planted inside your brain and 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 now it's just there's almost like this gut punch when you when you yeah. hear certain sounds right yeah. and and if
0: i feel angry i mean my adolescent brain you know like some somehow i revert back to that and if someone mm-hmm. if i set that alarm and it went off and i heard it my first reaction that comes up is no i'm not going to do that yeah, I, don't so, tell me what to do. Yeah, it's that's not helpful. So, the, so I try to ease myself. Going back to what we were talking about, music. I am very particular to sound, and so I try to create an um, an environment within myself, and sometimes outside of myself, maybe in my house. And I am trying to. I am having people over, and I try to create a mood with music. So these are the aspects. The, this is what makes this kind of work that. Um, you know you may get in a in a in an office of therapy which is another label but that it makes it more accessible
1: yes and i think that's critical too is just being able to take the time and energy to identify for yourself mm. what that looks like for you yeah and your example of music is such a wonderful example because really when you think about it for most of us that is our first blush with mental health. Mm. It really is. Uh, music, lyrics, it covers the full spectrum of human emotion. And for a lot of us, listening to um, an angry song may be the first time that we really learn how to access our anger.
0: Yes, thank you. And lot of said. Thank yes, you know. absolutely. I mean, she oh. just, whew. I love think she you.
1: has every emotion under the sun. You could just listen to her albums, and that would just be like an encyclopedia of emotions.
0: Of of the human experience, right? Mm-hmm. Which, again, is an, a whole nother topic. I feel like we do a really wonderful job of subconsciously bringing up f- future topics to, you know, lead into yes. for the next podcast because, you know, emotion, um, the, the human experience is embracing all emotions, all emotions. And sometimes we, we think that, oh, if it's if we embrace all emotions, then we might be bipolar, you know, because of these right. labels coming. But I think this is an excellent time to just put a pin in. It. Um, thank you for joining us on this uh, topic today of accessibility. And we look forward to having you join us again. I'm Iman. And I'm Kurt we are rebranding mental health.